0: belly and the fish belly belly and the fish welcome friends to belly and the fish i'm your host corbin aka the fish and we got big old ben belly smokes hunter
1: what's going on you dirty old gobe
0: not a lot man what's acting in your neck of the woods
1: Oh, same old, same old. We're in fall, so a lot of golf and a lot of nothing else but couch time.
0: Not a lot of golf for me. I had to turn on the furnace this weekend. That was a coming-of-Jesus moment. No.
1: What temperature is it there?
0: I don't know, like 50 or something.
1: Uh, that's respectable. I I just love a good fall, cool house. Sometimes I'll even turn the air on to get down like to 62. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, the problem is, like, I'm fine just freezing cold in bed, but as soon as I get up in the morning and, like, go to the shower, then it's just super cold, and I can't even stand it.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I just, well, I guess it's different down here. I got a routine. I get up. As soon as I get up, I turn off the AC, and then by the time I get out of the steamy shower, it's already risen a couple degrees, and I'm gone for the day.
0: I'm already becoming an old man because Emma keeps fucking with my thermostat and it's pissing me off I control that thing. That's the
1: worst.
0: I know, man. She's got to check herself.
1: So we have split thermostats because the house is like two levels. And uh, Anthony doesn't live here anymore, but when he used to, he'd he'd always fuck with mine while I wasn't home. And I'd be like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is my floor. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Don't touch my fucking thermostat. Don't Don't touch my drum set either.
1: (laughs) Don't you fucking think about touching my thermostat. I live down here.
0: Well, we've kept the guests waiting long enough. We got Jonathan back. How are we doing? I'm going to dignify that with a response.
1: He doesn't care at all. Oh, You you <laughs>
2: called me a guest and Jonathan, which are both wrong, so I'm not sure. All right,
0: let's
1: get to the bottom of this Jonathan thing. Just accept it. There's no way you went your whole life like, oh, actually, my name's just John. <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't act like we're in the wrong for assuming your name is Jonathan. Yeah,
2: I should just let you call me the wrong name.
0: It's not the wrong name. You should. close enough.
2: (laughs) Okay, Jorb.
1: I'm just saying, we've known you, I've known you for like, I don't know, three years virtually. One year through Discord. And the whole time, not once, Hey, I'm not Jonathan. I think it's your problem. You haven't called me Jonathan.
0: To assume a John's name is Jonathan is not crazy talk here. That's all I'm saying.
2: Listen, Corn, I don't want to hear it. That's fine by oh, me. Oh, he sounds like me not
0: today. The big, I, I like it. Oh, don't call me Corn. That's not cool, dude.
1: Have you been called Corn before?
0: Yeah, a lot of people have called me Corn. No big deal. Listen, Corn on the cob.
2: Corbin. You're just mad because Ben and I are the real hosts. You're our weekly guest. Me and Ben run the show. It goes.
1: Yeah, we don't want that smoke. Shoot,
0: yeah, trust me. I'll turn the reins over. Let you guys take it. Yeah, you got it, Bell. I'm turning it over to you. You got this, bud. Oh,
1: the show would be (laughs) relandscaped.
0: All right, we've kept our final guest waiting long enough. Brew Rosico is back with us from the great town of Grand Rapids. Drew, how are we faring today, gentlemen? How's
3: it going? Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to. Shooting the shit here and talking some Lions, baby.
0: Well, I would say it was an interesting game, and it was. But at the same time, I mean, I felt relaxed and content the whole time. I went over to Drew's house. We were watching together, had some brats, and just watched the Lions crush those Panthers a redemption game. And it was a beauty.
3: It was everything we would have expected. Nice fall, Sunday weather, women are out of town, working, making that money. Corbin and I just kicked back, a couple brews, couple brats, and watched a nice, decisive victory.
1: What a beautiful, beautiful sight, alone on I a know. Sunday. Beautiful.
0: It was fantastic, man. It was a great day, yeah. Not a lot of stress involved. Just kick back, relax with the boys, and just drink some beers, eat some brats, watch a win. I liked it. Uh, We've kept our listeners waiting long enough. We're going to recap this Panthers Lions game and present some game balls and burning bags of dog shit. We've got another big game on the schedule coming up here week six against the Bucks. We'll preview that as always. We've got betting with the belly our Survivor League update and Fantasy Survivor and Ben. I think he's came up with a couple of bowels of the belly and a Corbin. How bad do you want it for us too? so stick around to the end for that. But but let's hop into it Panthers came to Detroit what was that our third home game this season yeah third home game uh, so two and one at home Lions a decisive victory 42 to 24 the line opened at Lions minus eight and a half and I looked it up online they said that it closed at nine and a half but I swear before game time it was up to like maybe 11 and a half or something so we were pretty heavy favorites and covered with no problem at all and all around, I feel like this game was just, we just demolished them. I mean, we had no problem. All facets of the game, even special teams, I mean, they couldn't do shit against us. What did you guys think about the game?
3: You know, they just, uh, they did what good teams do. You know, they never uh, really gave Carolina a chance. I told you, Corbin, before the game that if we didn't win by at least 10 points, I was going to be kind of disappointed um and we just you know we made Bryce Young look like a rookie he looks small in the pocket which he is not going to knock him for being 5'10 I'm also 5'10 but when you're getting tackled by behemoths like Aiden Hutchinson it's going to be a long day for you
1: I love how you said you weren't going to knock him right after you just knocked him
0: oh <laughs> well, let's hop in here talking about the offense first off but it was a pretty perfect day all around passing running blocking I mean We really dominated them offensively. Game plan, too. I mean, there was really nothing that we couldn't do against them, but we'll start with Jared Goff here. Um, I wouldn't call it a bounce-back game, but it was a very nice game because he's had the past three games he's thrown an interception, which is uncharacteristic of how he's been playing these past two seasons. But no turnovers, which was nice to see. I really don't have any complaints about how he played this week. Ah, uh, he threw some really pretty balls, including that one uh, toe tap touchdown to Josh Reynolds. Just put it up high where only he could get it, and came down with the catch. So that was really nice. Um, but the run game was really the dominant force in this game. So I feel like you know only 28 pass attempts from Jared Goff. He was 20 for 28, and there was like three or four drops in there as well. So damn near perfect and very very efficient from him. Three touchdowns too. You love to see it. Didn't really ask him to do a whole lot there were some trick plays in there you know like the double reverse flea flicker and he just really stepped up and delivered on you know the the third downs and long when we really needed him to move those chains so I was happy from Goff it's kind of just become the norm at this point you don't really have him having those up and down weeks like we were accustomed to in the Stafford era and if he keeps it up for this season honestly I mean if if it's two years in a row of him playing like this could potentially be the best quarterback that has ever played for the lions i don't know
2: we'll have to see on that but i did think he had a great game and there was uh one play where i was i was watching with my buddy at the bar his name's andrew and we were talking about how he's a little bit slipperier than you would expect in the pocket and then he steps up he, he did a step back, step to the left, step up, step to the right, step up, delivered a strike low to only where his receiver could get it for a first down. It was just, like, really nice movement. Then, like, the next play, he took a sack, which was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Was that the one where Brian Burns just blew through and just hit him in the back?
2: I think so, yeah. Yeah, he got smacked. hmm
0: Yeah. I mean... I think he has good pocket presence and he does trust that offensive line which is nice but I don't think that he would expect, you know, Taylor Decker to give up that sack on the blind side, you know, and it was clearly show. I mean, he got fucked up on that hit, but he's okay. I mean, he's a tough guy. I wouldn't I know what you're saying. I wouldn't call him like slippery, but I think that he has a very very good awareness in the pocket. He's not going to, you know, juke guys out and make a miss by any means, but he knows when to step up or move over, so I agree with you there. And, Belly, I saw you laughing when I compared him to Stafford. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I just think back to the times where we'd be at a party and you and Mart would be at everybody at the party's throats saying that Matt Stafford is the greatest Lions quarterback of all time, literally just screaming at people, and then two seasons in, ah, fuck him.
0: Well, I'm not saying fuck him. He is the best quarterback to ever suit up for the Lions. That's a fact. But What I'm trying to say is Goff plays a more efficient, safe game where Stafford's more of a gunslinger. I mean in terms of arm talent, I mean, Stafford's got it, you know, but there were, and also the thing is with Stafford is his ability to leave like a comeback, you know, a last minute drive to win the game. You know, we haven't really seen that out of Goff, but we haven't really had to because Goff's just been in control the entire time. So I'm not saying fuck Matt Stafford by any means. I love the man. He brought me a lot of good times. He also gave me a lot of heartbreak too, but from what I've seen from Goff, I mean, He's just putting game after game after game on film where he is just damn near perfect. I think he had like 130-something quarterback rating this game, or maybe his passer pass rating. I don't know the difference between those two, but he was basically immaculate.
2: He's PFF's number one rated quarterback through five weeks.
3: And I mean, during that first quarter, too, he was 7-for-7 seven seven with a touchdown just lighting people up until he had his wide uh, receivers drop about four balls. I think he was 7 for 11 going into their third drive. But, yeah, he's been electric this whole season. He hits the numbers, hits the guys in the hands, and the guys make plays.
0: Yep, not any complaints on my end from Jared Goff, and I really haven't the last few weeks. He had, you know, those couple interceptions the last three games, but for the most part, I mean, he's been very efficient, and he, you know, kept the uh, the turnovers at zero this game, so I'm happy about that. Moving on to David Montgomery here, though, I feel like he was kind of the star of the offense, and it was kind of what our game plan dictated. We knew that we wanted to run the ball. We knew that we just wanted to pound it, and we absolutely did. He had 19 carries for 109 yards, a touchdown, two catches for 20 yards as well, and, you know, I feel like he was just moving it like five yards every single time, but then you also saw him, you know, when He would get hit at the line of scrimmage. He would bounce it outside, make a couple guys miss, and just make the play on his own. So, you know, in the past, you see these wide open lanes for him, and that's great, but you actually saw him create a little bit this time. So I was happy to see that. And he emerged healthy, which is what we, which is the most important thing. Gibbs was out this game. He was a last minute addition to the injury report. He had a hamstring injury in practice. But from what Campbell has said after the game, he said that it shouldn't be serious. They thought about letting him play, but they just kind of decided to hold him out just as a precaution. So I don't expect him to miss much time. And then Craig Reynolds, too, finally stepped up. He was getting a lot of hate in the uh, Seahawks game, I think, after uh, David Montgomery went down with that injury. But seven carries, 52 yards, and his first career touchdown. He was looking good between the tackles. You know, if something were to happen to David Montgomery, I feel a little bit more confident rolling out with Craig Reynolds. If we have uh, Jameer Gibbs back, that is had
2: no idea that was his first ever touchdown. yeah, well, good for him. that's that's cool. I mean, i don't I don't I think if Demo were to get hurt, we'd probably bring someone in. But uh, he had a nice game. i I want to shout Demo out for winning me uh, one hundred and fifteen bucks on first touchdown, though.
3: And that touchdown was great, too. He showed some good breakaways. just pancaked him. JMO with the block yeah
0: i know (laughs) i don't know what actually technically counts as a pancake but i mean he was blocking the guy and he ended up on his back that's all i saw he might have tripped or something like that but i think that might go down in the record books as an official pancake by jmo and then he just takes off and meets him right in the end zone too he's so fucking fast
2: jmo is so thin i think that's actually a crepe not a pancake
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a good call and Drew and I were talking about it too. He wears like the long sleeves, and I feel like it's just so he can add a little bit of bulk received from his uh, smaller <laughs> smaller arms. I'll say not small arms, but Khalif Raymond had the long sleeves too, so it was throwing me off. I was like, oh, Jamo, Jamo. Nope, just Khalif Raymond.
2: <laughs> Devontae Smith uh, took the bullets in that BMI debate for Jamo.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I mean, run game. Very pleased with it. That was kind of what we leaned on. We knew that we could get ahead in this game and we just needed to kind of run the clock out. And that was kind of evident in the third quarter. We didn't score any points in the third, but we were up 18 points pretty much the entire game. So we kind of just uh, chiseled away at him, didn't really give him a chance to claw back. And when we needed to put some more points on the board, we had no problem doing that. So Props to the running game. Let's move on to our wide receivers here. We'll start off with a headline. Amon Ross St. Brown. He missed this week with an abdominal injury. I don't know. I was kind of hopeful that he would be able to push through it because, you know, he finished the week before he was on the injury report all week. And then Thursday or Friday, it came out that he was doubtful. So I was like, Oh shit. Well, that's unfortunate, but we had a guy step up and take his place. And that is Josh Reynolds. He is actually becoming a key piece to this offense he just is a chain mover you know he's so good on those intermediate throws he does bring a dynamic that we really don't have on this team at least until we have Jamison Williams kind of you know caught up and actually taking some some more snaps and getting some you know running some better routes and getting up and getting some more targets here but I mean, that touchdown catch, that was incredible. I mean, it was a great throw by Goff, but Josh Reynolds went up. He got the ball. He had the awareness to get both feet down, too, right in the back. I mean, that's as good as it gets. And you just keep seeing him week after week putting these games together. Four catches for 76 yards. I don't know, man. I mean, he's easily the wide receiver, too, at this point. If we can get JMO even on that level... I mean, that's three quality, just wide receivers. And then we got Gibbs and LaPorta to go with it. And then you talk Khalif Raymond, too. So, I mean, we might ha- not have, you know, two elite weapons just yet. But he is a solid wide receiver, two or three at this point, just with it due to his chemistry with Goff.
3: Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a one-drop pass, but he made up for it right away. Um, he just has, like, just great chemistry, Goff trust, and he'll just throw the ball up to him. And 75% of the time, he brings it down. We're not going to say every time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you're going to have drops every now and then, you know, but it's not really a problem with him. Like Marvin Jones, I got my eye on it. Jamison Williams, I got my eye out for him. But with Josh Reynolds, i Ra, like they drop a pass. We move on. You know, it's not really going to happen too often. I'm not saying he's the most sure handed guy in the league by any means, but he serves his role very well for us. And he can step up in a game where, you know, we're out without Amon Ross St. Brown. So I was happy to see him continue to, to thrive in this offense. And speaking of thriving, Sam Laporta, our second round rookie sensation. He didn't get his normal share of targets this game, but he had three catches for 47 yards and two touchdowns. Belly, I know you love a nice, efficient tight end stat line. How about that one?
1: Yeah, I have him in a couple leagues, too, and everybody seems to be after him, but I'm holding that son of a bitch for the next decade. Big fan of how he's playing.
0: Me too, but be respectful. Don't call him a son of a bitch. He's a nice guy. We need him.
1: You got to learn how to listen to cadence and tone. That was clearly a compliment for my be- my boy. Let's see,
0: just wanted to clear the, the air here. Didn't want any confusion.
1: <laughs> Corb's, on, Corb's on cancel
0: watch. <laughs> yeah, I need to be. <laughs> But moving on here, I said that, uh, <laughs> that Amon Ra was the headline, but it really was Jamison Williams. He was the headline of this game. His first game back after the gambling suspension, first time we've seen him since last year. He had the ACL, then he had the gambling problems, but he is officially back for year two. And Campbell kind of said that they weren't going to use him that much. They were going to u- keep him on a pitch count. And it was a little bit more than I expected. I think he had 28 snaps total, but only two catches for two yards, and he did have that one drop too. So that stands out. I know he had a linebacker coming, but you could just kind of tell. like He sensed that, and he was like, nope catching that so didn't like to see that but on the positive side in the run game he was really nice on some of those blocks it wasn't just that David Montgomery uh touchdown run that he had there's a couple of times where you see him locking up some of those corner safeties I think even linebackers a couple of times too so you know he might not be the biggest guy but he is physical people forget he was a gunner for Alabama back in college
2: yeah that that drop was pretty rough uh, I think there were some betters in Vegas that were pissed because I think his, his line for receiving yards for his, was like 19 and a half yards, and that looked like about a 20-yarder that he dropped. But, you know, first game back, he'll get it under uh, under control.
3: Yeah, I think he had some uh, first-game jitters. He didn't want to get lit up by that middle linebacker uh, lurking across the middle there on that play. Um, and then he had the, uh, the screen pass, and I think they're going to get him more involved in that, but they're just working him in more he blocks, the more they're going to give him playing time and touches. So we'll see more as the year goes on.
0: Yep. Uh, other than that, really not a whole lot to note from him. I expect him to be a little bit more involved next week, but I do think that we're going to ease him in because we got a good thing going with Reynolds, Laporta, Amon Ross, St. Brown should be back next week. Keep an eye on that. But... Eventually he'll be implemented in this offense and be that wide receiver 2-3 and pretty much on the field, you know, 70%, 75% of the time. I don't expect him to be on a pitch count for too much longer once he starts to ramp up a little bit, put some good practices and games together. But uh, the one other guy I wanted to just mention here was Marvin Jones. He finally saw some playing time after I don't even know how much he played last week, but he had a couple of catches, but – again, he was just kind of a liability in the run game. I mean, you saw him just kind of whiff on some blocks, which he's usually pretty savvy at. So I don't know, man, with JMO returning and, you know, Josh Reynolds putting good games together, Khalif Raymond, I mean, he's firmly wide receiver five right now. And then you got guys like Antoine Green and Dylan Drummond who are getting on the field too. So, I mean, he's got to watch his back or he's going to be you know, he could be a threat of getting cut. There just might not be room for him when he just continues to make mistakes in multiple facets of the game.
2: I don't have much to say about Marvin Jones, really. He's kind of over the hill, it seems like.
0: Yeah, it's sad. I mean, he was a great receiver for us, but, yeah, you're right. I think that uh, he might be over the hill at this point, so might have to Isn't move he on, like but... 33? Yeah, he is, but, you know, I mean, he's just a savvy guy, and I didn't expect him to be, you know – our top wide receiver or put up a thousand yards, but I kind of expected him to fill that Josh Reynolds role, you know, and now I'm just starting to have my doubts. So, I mean, it's just something to keep an eye on here. I mean, a lot of Lions fans sympathize with Marvin Jones. There's some people who just forget about all the good times we had with him. And, you know, sadly he's not in his prime anymore, but enough about him. He's just kind of uh yeah, one of the, the weaker points in the office it's, it's looking like at this point, but real quick on the offensive line it was a pretty clean game only two sacks allowed Decker I mentioned it earlier he did give up that big sack to Brian Burns and it's clear that he's not a hundred percent you saw him kind of hobbled a little bit on uh Rashawn Gary pressure against the Packers and a little bit this time too he just doesn't quite have that you know that same ability to anchor and take on those blocks I mean Brian Burns is a great player but still he got beat on that one and I did want to give him a shout out because he got the game ball from Dan Campbell after the win. It was his 100th start as a Detroit Lion and I think he's the longest tenured Lion on the team right now. So he got pretty emotional in his speech too and you could tell like, you know, he's been through some bad teams and he can finally see it coming together, you know. So I mean, when you have a veteran like that who's been through I think maybe, what, seven, eight years with this franchise, and and now he finally starts to see some success. I mean, it's great to see, so Deck can tell it best. He's been there longer than anybody, and it was good to see him get a little bit of recognition. A lot of those offensive linemen are unsung heroes. Penny Sewell had a great game. Frank Ragnow, too. Uh, Graham Glasgow, I liked what I saw from him as well. But unfortunately, it looks like Jonah Jackson. He uh, sat out the last two plays. It was basically victory formation, but he left in a walking boot, so that's not a very good sign. But Big V Halapuli Vaitai, he was suited up and active for this game, but they decided to roll with Graham Glasgow. So, if Jonah does miss some time, it's going to be a hit. But. If there is a place where we want to be injured on that offensive line, it's going to be at one of those two guard spots because Glasgow and Big V and Jonah, I mean, all three of them are good guards, and we really don't have a plug-and-play replacement at center or tackle. So keep an eye out for Jonah Jackson. We don't want to lose him. He's a pro bowler, but you know, we've got some good guys ready to step in if he does end up missing a game or two. So Let's move on to our defense here, starting with the defensive line. And I wanted to start talking about Aiden Hutchinson here because he just keeps putting it together, man. I mean, another interception, one-handed on a tight end screen, and he did get absolutely trucked on that. That was a little scary, but another sack, three tackles for a loss. And I saw today the most pressures in the NFL. Aiden Hutchinson sits alone with 35 pressures through five games. 35, followed by Micah Parsons with 29, Nick Bosa with 27, TJ Watt with 27, and Max Crosby with 27. And I will say Max Crosby is playing tonight, Monday night. We're recording this, so I'm sure he's going to get a couple of pressures in there. But, I mean, to have six more pressures than Micah Parsons, I mean, he's an elite company. He really is taking that next step. And, I mean, I even saw two, like, I think he has, uh, well – I think he has more interceptions than Sauce Gardner at this point. He's a defensive lineman. I know, you know, they're not exactly targeting him or anything, but, I mean, he's made some nice plays for those picks, you know. He was in the right place, right time, and that's on him. It's not just some fluke, like, tip ball. Like, he is plucking those balls out of the air.
3: His motor's just incredible, and like you said, he always puts himself in the right place at the right time. Um, He did get hit-sticked. Uh, but, I mean, and it's hard to lift somebody that's 6'7", you know, 275 pounds, but he's been incredible all year. I think we're looking at, you know, one of the top five edge rushers in the game, which gives the whole line a big boost.
2: Yeah, that, that interception was sick.
3: It's incredible. He
2: has uh, half as many sacks as he did last season already. He four and a half sacks. So, I'm for like... T- What, like 16, 17?
0: Yeah, and that's fine by me. I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to break the record or anything, have 20-something-plus sacks in a season, but it's not just in the pass game and putting pressure on the quarterback. I mean, he's a beast in the run game, too. He's always there to contain. He's okay to crash down and make a tackle, like, right on the line of scrimmage. a tackle for loss so it's not just the pass game which you know it's it's the sexy thing how many sacks you have as a defensive end but he can actually do it all you know it's kind of like nick bosa you know i mean he's just dominant on both ends of the game and i don't think he's had a ton of sacks this year but the pressure numbers are evident on how much an impact he makes and then i mean just look at the guy i mean he can defend the run you know so yeah hutch just keeps on stringing these games together he is who I watch. Like it's hard to watch anybody else on defense when you got Aiden Hutchinson. I'm always watching him, and it's so fun to watch because he gets so close every single time, and he's just got to keep stringing these games together. I mean, he is the the biggest piece on that defense, and you can see his impact almost on every single play. He's a game wrecker, and nobody's really had an answer for him. I think he could take on pretty much any tackle, any offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh Some other guys on the offensive line, we had Aleem McNeil, who just keeps stringing some games together, too. After the first couple of weeks, you know, I said he was a little quiet, but I have to shut the fuck up and just give him credit because he just seems to be in on every single play. You know, he's not an elite uh, pass rusher like an Aaron Donald or anything like that, but, I mean, he just stuffs the run. He just can take on double teams, shed them, push them back into the running back, and then, you know, maybe someone else is cleaning up and making the tackle. But you see him in there every single play. And I mean, the Panthers, they couldn't really run the ball. I mean, their running backs, um, Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard, they really couldn't get much going. LaVisca Chenault was a little bit tough for us to defend. He had some gadgety kind of plays, some end arounds that we had some difficulty stopping, but nothing that was super concerning there. I was really happy with the defensive line's performance. And then Moving on to linebackers, Alex Anzalone leading the team again in tackles, pretty much played the entire game, and he just stepped up the first quarter of the season, man. I mean, last year, you know, you never really knew what you were going to get, and he still has some plays where it's like, ah, got to have that one, but there's just so much more good than there is bad. He's flying around. He's making impact in the pass game, rushing the passer. If he's covering a wide receiver, and then the run game too, he's always where he needs to be, it seems like. Derek Barnes continues to get some snaps ahead of Jack Campbell and also no defensive snaps for Malcolm Rodriguez this game. You did see him in on a couple of special teams tackles, but not even one snap on defense. And I think that the coaching staff has realized that there is a little bit of a a teardrop between Barnes, Campbell, Anzalone, and then Rodrigo. So I know he's the hard knocks darling, but at the same time, I mean, these guys are playing so well, you can't really keep them off the field. Let's talk about the defensive backs here because we had another great game. Some highs and some lows, but we'll start with the highs. Jerry Jacobs with another interception. I feel like whenever we knock one of these guys, Jerry was kind of the recipient from a lot of us for the burning bag of dog shit a couple of weeks in a row. But two interceptions last week and another pick this week, and this one was an amazing catch. I mean, he was kind of in the flat. He read Bryce Young's eyes, he drops back, and he actually extended to make a nice catch to pick up the ball. Uh, Cam Sutton, just steady locking guys down. You don't really see him much. He's kind of that unsung hero. I saw him get beat like maybe once or twice, but it wasn't anything significant. You know, you're going to get a pass caught on you every now and then, but for the most part, he's right there with him. So I'm pretty confident with him versus any receiver in the NFL at this point. I mean, you know, we haven't gone against Justin Jefferson or anything like that yet, but we have played some good receivers, and they haven't exactly, you know, gotten the best of us. I mean, he's looking very nice, and I know the Panthers don't have the best receiver core, but they've got some good steady guys. They were kind of passing the ball all over the place, and you didn't really see Sutton involved on any of those big plays. So, Uh, Brian Branch, he was out this week, but Will Harris filled in for him very nice. He had the second uh, most tackles on the team with nine, And then Kirby and Tracy Walker, I mean, they didn't really do much in the pass game, but at the same time, they weren't really tested deep that much. Uh, You saw him in there for a couple of tackles as well, so that was nice to see. Kirby's back as well after missing the last week or two, so it's good to see him back in the lineup. Unfortunately, we lost another friend, Manuel Mosley, maybe two snaps into his career with the Lions. He tore his ACL. It's official. Now he was recovering. Um, I think it was a year today that he tore his ACL, his left ACL for the 49ers. And he has torn his right ACL now. So that's just some bad luck. And you feel bad for the guy because he was one of our biggest free agent signings. And, you know, we see two players out of him and he's already down, never even really got a chance to make an impact. So You could tell the guys on the team are, you know, close to him and rooting for him, but it just sucks, man. I mean, I wish I could feel worse, you know, but at the same time, I wasn't really expecting him. You know, whatever we got from him was kind of, you know, sugar on top. But it just sucks because we really don't have a lot of depth in our secondary at this point. Sure, you know, Tracy and Kirby are fine for now, but CJGJ's gone. Brian Branch is hurt right now. I don't expect him to be out for a while, but we really don't have much after Jerry Jacobs and Cam Sutton. So I don't know what we're going to be doing. I really hope that we can stay healthy in the secondary, but it's a, it's a big loss. You know, we don't, we didn't get to see him, but at the same time his impact would have been made throughout the season. And we just don't get that anymore. So it's unfortunate.
2: It's tough because, uh, like Tracy Walker, Kirby Joseph, those were supposed to kind of be depth pieces this year. Now they have to step up into those starting roles because two of the three guys we signed that were like, everyone was excited for them to step into those starting roles are now out for the whole damn season. Mostly we only signed him for one year. CJ, I don't, what was that? One or two years? One
0: year as well. Yep. Both of them were one year deals.
2: Yeah, so we may never see either of them again.
0: Well, on the plus side, I mean, if they do come back, you know, I don't think a lot of teams are really going to feel confident signing them to a long-term deal. You know, they both took prove-it deals, and they couldn't prove it. So, on the positive side, you know, maybe we do get them back for a little bit of a better contract, so... I mean, they're great players. There's no denying that. I mean, CJ GJ, I would, I, I really, really want to see him back. Emmanuel Mosley, you know, we really didn't know what we had be, just because, you know, we haven't seen him. But, you know, you watch the tape against the 49ers, and when we signed him, I kind of saw what all their fans were saying about him, and they were pissed that we got him at that cost. So, I know that he's a talented player, and at bare minimum, he's great depth for us, even if we keep rolling with Jerry, you know, but we're not going to see him this year. I hope that we can uh, we can keep
3: him around. Yeah, mostly just a, hes a boomer bust for us, and, um, you know, I feel bad for him just trying to recover from that injury. But if he can come back, you know, maybe he'll take a team-friendly deal, just kind of recover with us, and we can get him back next year as a depth piece because he does have potential. He comes from uh, 49ers defense, so, you know, he likes to hit. Um, so he should fit in nicely, just has to stay healthy.
0: Yeah. Defensively, I was pretty happy with our performance. Let's just move on to the, uh, coaching staff here and, you know, not a lot to say on offense. Uh, I mean, Ben Johnson, he dipped into his bag of tricks a little bit more than you would expect. You wouldn't really think he would just because, you know, it's the Panthers. They're 0-5 now. Like, we could have just, you know, hid some of those plays and used them later. But he had that double reverse flea flicker for a touchdown to Sam Laporta. And we had that uh, David Montgomery direct snap with uh, Jared Goff under center just went right through his legs. I think it was a third or fourth down we converted on that. So... I mean, he's not afraid to bust it out, and it just says, like, if we're using those plays in this game, what else do we have in our arsenal, you know? And you saw, I don't know if you saw Monday Night Football, the 49ers versus Cowboys, but Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers copied him and used that exact same play, and it went for a touchdown to George Kittle. So I don't know if it was actually a a copy move what happened there. I haven't seen that play before, but... It was really interesting, and obviously, if an offensive mind like Kyle Shanahan—I mean, some consider him the greatest in the NFL right now—if he's using that play, I mean, obviously, it worked. But I think that NFL defenses are going to be put on notice after we saw two of those successfully go for a touchdown this week.
3: I mean the the direct snap was something I've never seen before. That was totally sweet. I didn't even—I uh, had to wait for the replay. I didn't even notice that Goff didn't snap it. And I don't think you know most of Carolina's. Uh, defensive line noticed it either um so that was incredible they were uh, pointing out during the game that ben johnson usually keeps 120 to 140 plays in his arsenal for every game um and so if him and Goff are on the same page i think we'll, we'll continue to see the same kind of creativity that we've seen the last couple weeks
0: did you see it live drew because i didn't even know i saw it on twitter yeah, later on after i mean the
3: game. We, were, we were we were watching the same game um it's just i don't i didn't realize it you know, I think we both were just really excited about the run. And then like later on Twitter, I'm like looking at it. and I'm like, oh, no shit. They got it right through his legs. Um, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, surprise all of us as well.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was pretty much a perfect game on offense. And defensively, I mean, it was a nice game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we forced three turnovers and we shut down the run game. But that's kind of just been the norm. Just to nitpick here. We just continue to get gashed in that short, quick pass game, just like how we did against the Seahawks. I mean, I know Bryce Young had some turnovers. He was far from perfect, but we gave up some pretty easy easy completions to him, and it was just kind of due to that lax coverage. You know, I feel like we're okay giving up anything less than 10 yards, and then we'll be there to make a tackle, but it's enough to move the sticks. Bryce Young was spreading it around to a bunch of different receivers. Hurst, Mingo, Thielen, DJ Chark had a couple too. So we really didn't have an answer for that short passing game. And the Seahawks proved it. I mean, that is a recipe to beat us. And a lot of it was in garbage time, you know. But at the same time, if we're putting up 24 points and allowing almost 350 yards against a rookie quarterback – it's, it's not a good look. You know, I think, I feel like we haven't had an absolute dominant defensive performance, like Packers first half, obviously we just destroyed them But in the second half. I mean, we let them come back a little bit. So it is a little scary and it's something to keep an eye on. I think that some offensive coordinators are going to see that's the model to beat us those short, quick passes. If you can get a good run game going and you know, a high efficient passing game, quarterback who's a little bit better than Bryce Young could get the job done so I think that Aaron Glenn's got to scout that and do something about it because this is not the first time and you know luckily it was against a bad team and maybe that was kind of our game plan in the second half you know Ben don't break don't give up those big plays but I didn't like to see Bryce Young having that good of a game after he's kind of just stunk the past couple of weeks so far to start his career
3: yeah I mean for the for the most part when we were getting pressure on him um you know, Bryce Young looked like a rookie. He looked kind of scared in the pocket. He was getting rid of the ball really quickly. But I do agree. And I think, you know, we've seen it for the last couple of games. We kind of have like a halftime third quarter stall action that happens. And I don't know if, you know, we're just content with the little lead we have. But um, I'd like to just see, you know, Aaron Glenn just continue to turn up the defense, you know, starting right in the third quarter and just, you know, put your foot down now. Don't wait for the fourth quarter to bury him
0: it can come back and bite us. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I was happy with the defensive performance and like I said most of their yards, most of their points came in garbage time, but you want to see a domination in that, you know. So but last but not least Dan Campbell. I mean, other than that one challenge to start the game, I mean, it was a it was pretty clearly a catchy through a challenge on that really early lost a timeout on it. In the grand scheme of things, not a big deal, but I feel like he's not the best at challenging i don't know if somebody upstairs is telling them to throw the challenge flag or what but there's been a couple of times where it's like pretty clear after one replay like you gotta just let it ride but i mean when it comes to him just as a man i mean it's it's kind of weird the scar tissue that i've been talking about fading because in the past we get out to a good lead and i'll say okay what are we going to do how are we going to screw this up And I just feel comfortable. I'm not trying to be cocky about it, but I just feel very confident that this team is going to finish strong. So, I mean, Dan Campbell is the guy we've got to trust. He's brought us this far. This is the best start the Lions have had, 4-1 and ever since I've been alive. So, no Detroit Lions fans should be mad about what we've done to start this season. So, oh, I've actually got one more question before we get into the game ball and the burning bag of dog shits because – I've seen a couple of power rankings come out so far today and granted we still got the Raiders and Packers left to play but let's be honest they're not on our level here. Do you guys think that the Lions are a top five team?
3: I think they're definitely in a discussion if they keep playing this clean. I mean in the NFC to me they're a top three team. Um, yeah I would put us right in that same category are coming up to the Eagles and the 49ers and you know the AFC is just a different game and you're going to have the Chiefs they're always going to be rated high but I definitely see us as, you know, top five, top seven talent wise, and we're on the we're on the rise.
1: I don't know, probably right around there. Somewhere in the top ten. I don't know top five yet. I just keep looking at the schedule over and over again. And just against a lot of bad teams. I wanna see him play a couple more good teams before I talk like that.
2: I think they're right around five six. I I mean you got your I want to say they're better better than Seattle, Seattle, but Seattle beat us. You know, the Bills haven't looked great, but they got Josh Allen, so I'd say they're right in there.
0: I mean, the Eagles and the 49ers stand out to me. 49ers especially, they look like the best team in my opinion at this point. The Chiefs are up there, but we beat them. You know, Seattle. Yes, they beat us, but I don't think that they're a better team than us. And I do feel like if we meet them next week, we would whoop their ass. I do. We had a bad letdown game.
1: I know we beat the Chiefs, but and it's not an excuse. It's a win's a win. But I would. It's more or less that I would have rather seen how they fared against a full strength team. Rather, the win's great. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying I want to see how they matched up better. When the Chiefs were missing a quarter, they were missing a quarter of their salary cap, a quarter of it.
2: (laughs) I'd say I'd still be pretty fucking scared to play the Dolphins.
0: Yeah, the Dolphins are definitely another one that we haven't talked about. Defensively, I mean, they can be exploited, but offensively, I mean, they got a lot of firepower, a lot of speed. Mike McDaniels comes from that 49ers tree, so, I mean, he's got a great offense. And then the Cowboys, I mean, they absolutely got their shit pushed in against the 49ers last night, but their defense is solid. They've had some injuries. I just don't trust Dak when it comes down to it.
1: The whole thing is, is it's all it's all still shaking out a ton. Like, I'm a little afraid of the Dolphins too, but they're 4-1. They're and one. They got battered by the Bills, and then their wins are against the Giants, Broncos, Patriots, and then the Chargers. So the only one that's pretty decent out of those four is the Chargers. The other three teams are dog shit. So I think it's just too early to really fucking make judgment on all this, but we'll see what happens.
0: And I will say, too, like all of our wins have been quality wins. Like the Falcons were what, two and one when we met them, you know, and I get it like they've come down to earth a little bit. Seattle, we took it to overtime. Yes, that was a loss. It wasn't a good loss. Chiefs, we beat them in Arrowhead. Packers, we dominate them at Lambeau. And then we just beat the shit out of the Panthers at home. Exactly what we were expected to do. So nobody can say we haven't played anybody. We're 4-1, and one, and those are four quality wins. Exactly how you would want to see it, you know? There hasn't been one like, oh, we squeaked one out against the Panthers. No, you know, we, we squeak one out against the Packers. Maybe their records aren't good, but... He absolutely throttled them so four solid wins one loss which was unfortunate i mean we could be five and zero right now if you know the ball bounced a different way against the seahawks we didn't have that pick six but maybe we'll see him again in the playoffs let's move on here and get to our game balls and our burning bags of dog shit starting with belly i know you're gonna start us off with a real good one
1: well uh didn't do a lot of research didn't really have a non-game game game ball to give out for all the fans. But um, I had just traded Joe Burrow a first and a second for Jared Goff, and it was honestly a no-brainer in retrospect because the guy went off. Give it to him.
0: Good call, good call. What about you, John?
2: Uh, My game ball is uh, just a hutch. He's been playing out of his mind, and year two, he's taken that step. I don't know. I feel like I've uh, it's you say the same things about him a lot cuz he's just consistently doing the same things.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could get the game ball every single week, but yeah, he deserves it at least from one of us. I'll be a contrarian and pick someone different just to be different. But Drew, you go first. Who's getting your game ball?
3: I'm going to give my uh, game ball here to Ben Johnson, you know, we talked about him earlier. He's just, you know, he puts guys in the right position. He has cool creative play calling that, you know, even makes the 49ers a little jealous. Uh, They did mention that's the 14th straight game we've scored at least 20 points in, so he's a big part of that, and uh, he's just going to help keep the offense rolling.
0: I like it. Ben Johnson has just been tearing it up ever since he started, and there's no end in sight. Hopefully, after this season, we'll be able to keep him, but he just keeps getting recognition every broadcast, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Quit telling people about him.
3: Just give him the bag.
2: (laughs) Make him stay. And those those GMs are, are watching the broadcast like, ah, oh, that Johnson guy is looking pretty good.
0: Yeah, maybe I should look into him. My <laughs> game ball, I'm going to give it to Josh Reynolds. I already talked about him a little bit here, but he's just steady Eddie for us. He stepped up today when we really needed him to without Amon Ross St. Brown, and... Yeah, he's just a consistent chain mover for us, and he doesn't get a lot of recognition. He might not have a ton of other game ball opportunities, so I will give him one now while I still have a chance. But we'll get a little negative here and move on to the burning bags of dog shit. Who's getting it from you, Bell?
1: poo poo pee according to the script. Thanks, John. <laughs> um, but no, I'm not giving out a burning bag. I'm giving out an other team game ball, and you know who that's going to? Tommy Trembell. One catch, one yard, one touchdown, the trifecta. Everybody's favorite.
0: Yep, even better than Laporta. I should have known.
1: I, I gave one. Oh, shit. I probably should have given it to Laporta, but I scrambled.
0: Uh, that's fine. Give the Panthers some recognition. They need it. We beat the shit out of them. So at least they can have your consolation game ball. What about you, John, who's getting your burning bag of dog shit?
2: I got really confused there. Wasn't that his burning bag?
0: Yeah, but he gave out another game ball.
1: You didn't listen to any of the context. It's okay. It's okay. I never do that. I never do that either. <laughs> <laughs> the pee pee
2: poo poo thing, Thermio. You, uh,
1: you wrote
0: it.
2: <laughs> no, I know, but you—I didn't expect you to say it out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said no burning bag because we made the Panthers eat the shit. So can't burn it
0: it's tough to hand one out but i'm just kind of scraping for mine drew can you give out a good burning bag of dog shit
3: i mean i'm scraping as well i don't have much complaints but i would like to get rid of these third quarter stalls Uh, i think like you know panthers you know we can stomp them pretty easily but uh you know you go against a team with a real quarterback and they can kind of flip that halftime momentum on you that's no good and Schedule will get harder. So yeah, I guess if I had to give something out, I'd say we're gonna give it to those.
0: And for me, for my burning bag of dog shit, I had two candidates, Jamison Williams and Riley Patterson. Jam already touched on him a little bit. I do expect him to come along. And you know, Campbell even said we weren't going to utilize him that much. We were gonna ease him in. So I'm giving my burning bag to Riley Patterson because this coaching staff does not trust him to kick anything more than a fifty yarder. We're in a good position to set up for a 55-yard attempt, and we elected to go for it on fourth down again. And, you know, that's just kind of going to be how it goes all year long. We're not going to have that trust in him, and we're better off rolling the dice on fourth down. I mean, people can critique Dane Campbell for not giving him a shot, but, I mean, I think that our coaching staff have seen enough from him in practice that you really just can't rely on him to hit those long ones accurately. I mean, Even, like, into the high 40 yards, I feel like we're still going to be looking to go for it on fourth down. So, I mean, I don't know. The kicker situation, it probably will come back to bite us, and, you know, we could probably lose a game just because he doesn't have that leg and that accuracy. So we got him for what we need, you know, those 30-yard, like, chip shot field goals, but he's really not worth a damn anything past 40 yards, so... Riley Patterson, you're getting my burning bag. Be better. You are a weak spot on this team, and we need perfection.
1: Guy literally has not missed a single kick.
0: Yeah, because everything that he's kicked has been less than forty yards. <laughs> guys, guys, doing a terrible job.
1: Hasn't missed one kick.
3: <laughs> oh, oh dude I, oh, I I don't weird.
1: even want to look at I don't even want to look at Popeyes oh, because I. I ate 3 chicken sandwiches and almost a whole 20 piece popcorn chicken yesterday. <laughs> man, I one so hungry. Oh no, I still got the uh I still got the Popeyes, so uh the 20 chicken nuggets, I got some of those left, so that's definitely dinner tonight, but then I got to get away from Popeyes for a bit.
0: you got to respect the Popeyes meal
3: prep strategy. The Popeyes meal prep. You 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 gotta respect it.
0: Oh, my girl's got some uh some favor coming <laughs> her way. Have you ever had the blackened ranch from Popeyes? It's an illusion. Yeah, sauce. I had it yesterday. So no, it fucking sucks. I had it yesterday. Mm. I hated it. You're so wrong, dude.
3: I will say the uh the red beans and rice are just constantly overlooked at Popeyes. It's something everybody needs to get. better than the mashed potatoes. Throw it on your sandwich. It's worth the
0: Cajun it. fries, those are tough to turn down.
2: Orban you last week uh, agreed to eat turkey one a day forever. Have you heard of the Popeye's turkey?
3: Yeah, I
0: have. I've seen that.
2: Dude, I'm, I 100% am getting one this year. I heard it's actually like oh, really yeah. good.
1: A Popeye's turkey? Yeah, yeah it's Cajun seasoned
2: turkey. They sell them like already. I think they're already cooked. You just got to throw them in the oven, heat them up, and they're good to go.
3: they actually uh deep fry the turkey before they freeze them so it's a deep fried cajun turkey that's been frozen and you just order it through the drive you just just order it through the drive-thru window i've never had it but it does look like it could be really good
0: get me that for my uh corbin how bad do you want to challenge a nice cajun turkey i'll eat that easy
3: well well the whole
1: thing about the turkey is the agreement was you wouldn't get one win until you ate a whole rotisserie chicken in a day so whenever you get around to that You can talk shit.
0: A whole rotisserie chicken, that's easy. I'll do it in one sitting. Anyways, we'll move on. It's
1: got to be four pounds. Just so you get a taste of what it's like to do that every day.
0: (laughs) That's fine by me. Bring it. Let's move on from this game, though. Another feather in our cap. Easy win, but it was. Next week, not going to be so easy. The Lions are going down to Tampa to take on the Buccaneers. Sunday, October 15th at 425 p.m. there or b square the tampa bay buccaneers are currently three and one their only loss is to the eagles this year so pretty solid so far a lot of people thought the bucks wouldn't be able to do much now that tom brady is out but they've been stringing together some wins here right now the uh the spread set at lions minus three and a half even though we're on the road that's nice over under set at 43 and a half and the Bucs were on a bye last week, so they're going to be rested. A uh, game before that week, uh, what was it, week four, they uh, beat the Saints 26-9 to in New Orleans. So that's a quality win there. Last time we played the Buccaneers was in 2020, and they kicked the shit out of us, 47-7 to in Detroit. That one hurts. I don't even remember that game, honestly. I definitely just repressed it. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind before we break down this uh, Buccaneers team, let's just talk about some of our injuries. We already mentioned Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL. He's going to be out. Jonah Jackson talked about him too. He was in the walking boot. Um, And then Campbell made it seem like Gibbs is probably going to be okay to play, Um, but keep an eye on him. And then also Brian branch. he talked about him today and he didn't seem very positive about it. So, you know, I'm a little scared that he's going to be out, but Dan Campbell was hyping up Will Harris, and he did have a nice game against the Panthers. So hopefully we can do two in a row. But we'll start with Baker Mayfield here, kind of the the biggest addition for Tampa after Tom Brady leaves. Baker's got some big shoes to fill, and he really has so far, almost seventy percent completion on the year, eight hundred eighty two yards, seven touchdowns, and only two interceptions. He's got some really nice weapons to throw to. and yeah, like I said, he's been looking nice so far, but the one thing is he has beaten up on some bad teams. I mentioned they lost to the Eagles. they beaten the Bears, Vikings, and Saints, so obviously not the best teams, And he, and when Baker did play the Eagles, he did not have the best game, so if you're going up against a solid defense and an offense like ours that has no problem dropping point, 20 points on the reg, then you know he's going to have to it could be a shootout and he's not really equipped to handle a game like that but we can't let him pick us apart like Bryce and Gino have i mean that's kind of his thing those short quick passes and we got to come up with something because if we you know give up 20 30 points to the bucks or if we lose to them and just can't outscore them then we got to look inward and note that this is actually a problem this is the recipe to beat us and beat our defense is those short quick passes we got to be able to get up in their face even if they've got receivers like mike evans and chris godwin those are going to be the biggest threats no doubt about it it's going to be a tough test they've been solid receivers you know mike evans is a borderline hall of famer year in year out over a thousand yards and Mike evans is a good red zone threat too strong and physical like dk and chris godwin's kind of more that do-it-all kind of guy he's had some injury issues the past few years but when he's healthy he is you know right up there with one of the you know one of the top guys in the league and then Kate Otten, and two he's kind of their i guess their third receiving option he's a second year tight end and he's been doing okay so far but nothing crazy um their running back rashad white he's a second year player for him He's averaging 3.3 yards a carry. He's nothing special. They have started to use him a little bit more as a receiver. In all of my fantasy leagues, I avoided Rashad White just because he was going to get a lot of volume, but he's not very efficient, and he doesn't catch a lot of passes. So he's done all right so far this year, but he is far from the best running back that we've taken on this year. How do you guys feel about going against this Buccaneers offense?
2: Good. uh, Yeah, receivers and Baker are kind of the only dangerous part rashad white is just like
3: yeah uh
1: i took the buccaneers over five and a half wins to start the season so um i've been happy with their success is mike evans gonna be back
0: i think so what was
3: wrong with him
2: i don't even know i just know he was out because i have him in one of my leagues
3: I think it was a hamstring issue, but they said it was nothing serious. He was questionable this week, but they held him out. So we'll kind of just have to go from here and see how he is.
0: Also, any fear about the uh, Bucks busting out those creamsicle jerseys? You guys see that?
2: No, I didn't see it. I know. What, I know what jerseys you're talking about.
0: Yeah, they're wearing the throwbacks this week.
2: Are we gonna wear throwbacks too? Uh, we
0: don't. Oh, they're gonna throwbacks. wear the orange. Dude, those. Those jerseys are disgusting. No, they're fucking sick, dude. They're a classic. The
1: orange ones?
0: Yeah. Ugh. Gross. It's not like they're wearing it all the time, Bell. It's nostalgia. Okay? Retro could have made
1: it. a sicker jersey.
0: Oh, well, it was made in like the 70s, and they're bringing it back. It's called a throwback, fool. Looks dusty.
1: I would not never like the Flintstones orange one. I was always a purple guy, so get that cream skull out of my house.
0: Purple. They're, oh, okay.
1: <laughs> oh, you. yeah. You the push, push pops. pops. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think I was talking vitamins?
0: <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about their color scheme. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about,
1: dude? <laughs> fuck them, orange Flintstone vitamins, man! I go with purple.
0: <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about their defense real quick before we get into their predictions. The defense is definitely where they are strongest. I mean, everyone remembers Tom Brady taking the Bucks to the Super Bowl, but. Sometimes you forget about how elite that defense was. And they have a lot of the pieces still there. You know, they're a little bit older, but with the age doesn't really necessarily mean regression. I mean, in some facets, yes, but there's some other guys who have grown too. And their defensive line, there's they've got Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea, Devin White at linebacker. I mean, he's one of the best in the league. And then Levante David is still kicking two. We've got Antoine Winfield at safety and Jamel Dean at corner. Those are probably the top dogs. Carlton Davis the third is in there as well, but he's had some injuries this year. So, I mean, they got some playmakers on that defensive front. I feel pretty good with our offensive line matching up against them, but you got a big space eater like Vita Vea and Shaq Barrett, who you know led the NFL in sacks. You know, maybe what four years ago. I mean, there's those are definitely guys that you got to account for. So, this is definitely going to be one of the tougher defenses that we've matched up against this year and we're going into enemy territory. So, maybe they can give our offense some fits. Based on what I've seen these past few weeks, I still expect us to drop over 20 on them. So, with that said, let's get into the predictions, Belly. What do you got for the score this week?
1: My prediction is that the Nasdaq will go down.
0: Is that your score? Is that the score? What does that mean? Lions win? What uh whatever the
1: final four digits of the Nasdaq are, that will be the Lions score first and the Carolina Panthers. Oh fuck. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers next. So whatever those four digits are, that's my prediction.
0: You're just too scared to admit the Lions are gonna win.
1: Sure, I think the Lions the Lions I think the Lions are gonna win. There you go.
0: Thank you, Bell. John, what about you? I got Lions
2: twenty four, Bucks twenty. Could be a tough game though. Uh if Mike Evans and Chris Godwin play. Uh we'll see. But I feel confident that they'll get a squeaky win out.
0: And how about you, Drew? What do you think?
3: I'm gonna go uh Lions thirty five to the Buccaneers twenty four. I think if, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, if they both play, it's gonna be kind of a shootout. I could see us having some trouble with their wide receivers, but fully really expect the offense to be able to put up points and keep the streak going.
0: Yeah. I'm with both of you guys and belly too, I guess. And she said the lions would win. I don't know if you believe it, but I've got the lions winning 27 to 17. I don't think our offense is going to, you know, drop under that 20 point threshold. I could see us getting, you know, three touchdowns and then two field goals, something kind of like that. I could see us getting stopped in the red zone close and, you know, having to settle for a field goal. And I do see that the the defense is probably going to be struggling a little bit with this offense just because in the past we haven't been able to stop quarterbacks that are accurate who like those short, quick kind of uh, passes. So it could be closer than we think, but I think the Lions are going to cover and I don't think we're going to be dominating like we have against the Packers and the Panthers the last few weeks. The Bucks will keep it close. I mean, it's going to be a tough one, but... Can't see us losing after the, the momentum that we've shown so far. So that's going to wrap up our preview for the Bucks game. Let's get into some gambling with
1: betting with the belly. Welcome back to betting with the belly. You know the drill. You pick a favorite underdog over and an under. And then for the love of God, whatever you do, do not pick the Monday night game. Don't pick it. As we know, the punishment, nine hot dogs, nine beers, nine innings, and I am trending towards it after last week. But first, let's go to Corbin, who went two and two. I went oh and four. I can taste that ketchup now. And then John went one and three. To remind you of the records, Corbin leads with 12 and eight. John in second with eight and 12. And myself at seven, 12, and one. I hope for the love of God you haven't been tailing me. Otherwise, you're going to be a sad, sad man. Moving right into this week, though, we're going to kick it off with Corbin and his favorite.
0: Good timing. I just finished my Popeyes tender. My favorite this week is going to the 49ers. They are five-point favorites, traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Browns are coming off a bye. Their defense has looked great, but the Cowboys' defense looked good, too, and the 49ers had absolutely no issue with them. I think the 49ers are the best team in the NFL right now, and uh, just be a five-point favorite, I feel like it's a little low. So give me San Francisco.
1: That line is scary looking good. I feel like that's going to be a trap game for some reason. The Vegas knows and I don't, um, but I like that line. Moving on to myself, I got the Chiefs minus 10.5 against the Broncos. The Broncos have just been a dumpster fire, and the Chiefs, well, they still got Patty Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. John, who do you got this week for your favorite? Same as Corbin. Uh, when I saw that 49ers were only giving
2: five points, I, I was kind of like, is somebody hurt that I don't know about? But I don't know. I like the line, so I'm going to ride it.
3: I agree with you. I do not hate it. And, Drew, what do you got for us to wrap up the favorites? Favorite this week is going to be the Eagles at the Jets. Uh, the Jets needed a really sloppy Broncos game to uh, pull out that one, and we know how bad the Broncos are. So I think the uh, Eagles should take care of that one handedly. They're favored by six points, so that's my favorite for the week.
0: That was a sloppy steak.
1: The Eagles are a solid bunch, but Brees Hall is emerging, but I still think the Eagles will pound them. Moving on to the Dukes. Corbin, uh, looks like you got a nice friendly dog this week.
0: Yeah, Belly, I thought that I would appease you with that one. I'm taking the Titans plus three and a half against the Ravens. It's in Nashville. Titans have picked it up a little bit. They look like trash to start the season, but you've seen them bounce back a little bit. They did lose this week, didn't they? who they play, Bell? Was it the-, the Colts? Yeah, and they lost, right?
1: Oh, yeah, they lost. It's just... It was not... They're not a good team. <laughs> they're probably going to trade Derrick Henry at the deadline at this point. But the Ravens have also been trash as well for some reason. I don't know what's going on with that offense. Um, good luck on the line. I never know what to expect with the Titans. They make no sense. Uh, moving on to my dog. though, um, I'm taking the Seahawks plus three against the Bengals. Seahawks have been playing pretty well. And Joe Burrow did play well against the Cardinals. But takes more than one game to get some data. So... I'm going to see if Joey's really back, and I'm going to take the Seahawks plus three. Johnny Boy, who do you got?
2: Uh, my dog, I got Commanders plus two and a half at the Falcons. I think the Falcons are a fraud, and I think the Commanders are always kind of a tough beat. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, you know Vladimir Putin and his commies are coming this week.
1: Guy's addicted to looking up facts about the Cold War. He had to take the commies. <laughs> Drew.
3: <laughs> Drew, take it away for the underdog. My dog this week is going to be the Titans of the Ravens as well. This is actually being played in uh, London. I heard the Ravens took off early this morning, huh. so they're going to have too much time. <laughs> I always fuck that up. Dick home you know, game. Those anyways, series are hard, man. Uh, But, yeah, give me the Titans. It's a game that Mike Vrabel will just get them all hyped for, and then they'll go back to being mediocre.
1: That's what should have been my burning bag, the fact that they don't have enough 4 o'clock games anymore. This London game isn't even a good
0: thing. I know. And I kind of like having the morning where, like, I love football, but I want it all in one. I'd rather have an extra game on red zone at four o'clock than having to give up, you know, my nine to noon. And then, oh, I just got an hour until I just watch football for another 10 hours, you know. So get rid of the London. I just
1: I don't maybe on like a Friday morning. (laughs) That's about the only time I'd be okay with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that they don't put enough games in the four o'clock slot. Like, towards the end of the season, there's like 12 games in the 1 o'clock, and then every once in a while you get like two in the 4 o'clock slot. I'm like, sick. Red Zone's the same as just having two TVs.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I've always fucked up that. Now i got to think about how the Titans are going to travel, how the Ravens are going to travel. Ravens get the benefit of one hour in Eastern hey, time. Hey,
1: hey, hey, you're done with your part. Um, <laughs> after that, great pick, John. Going on to Drew with his underdog. Or do we already do that?
0: <laughs> he just did it.
1: <laughs> All right, perfect. That was, oh, a, you great you that was a great hey, That hell? was a great spot there, Drew. I'm very proud of your pick and picking the Titans. Going on to the over. I wonder what Corbin's gonna
0: talk about for this one. I'm taking the Lions Bucks over 43 and a half. I do think that the Bucks defense is gonna test us, but the Lions have not had any issues putting up points so far this year. And I don't really trust our defense against, you know, this kind of pass this kind of passing game. So 43 and a half. That's like a 27-17 game or like a 24-20 game. That's kind of right in the wheelhouse of what I expect. Give me the Lions Bucks over
1: 43.5. Great pick and reasoning for the third time tonight. For my over. I'm going with the Vikings and the Bears. The Bears are coming on a little bit and the Vikings are going to chuck the ball. I know that JJ's out, but eh, let's keep working that offense, boys. So I got Vikings-Bears over 48. Moving on to you, John. Tell me about your over. Got 49ers-Browns
2: over 39.5. 49ers put up 42 points just by themselves last week, so seems pretty reasonable. Uh, the Browns, have, yeah, they don't blow the, the doors off, but they've put over 20 points up in, I think, every game but one this season. So I feel pretty good about that line.
3: Yeah, not a bad pick, not a bad pick. Drew, what about you? Uh, give me the Bengals and the Seahawks this week because I think it's going to be a shootout. Jamar Chase is always open. He's the 7 11 of wide receivers. Um, so that's going to be my over at 45 and a half.
1: And that's going to wrap up all the overs and to round out the unders. Corbin started off.
0: I am taking the Jaguars, Colts. Line is set at 46-and-a-half. Sorry, I lost where I was there. But I like both of these defenses. The Colts do have Jonathan Taylor back, but he wasn't much of a factor this week. I expect to see him a little bit more involved. Anthony Richardson got hurt, so Gardner Minshew will be filling in for him. But I do like Gardner to put up some points, but I do think that this is going to be an interdivision slugfest of defenses and I think it will be a pretty low scoring. So give me under 46-and-a-half in this one.
1: Very nice pick, Corbin. I myself have the Titans-Ravens under 40.5. I've watched a bunch of bad Ravens games and a bunch of bad Titans games this year, so I think that one's going to go low. John, how about you for the under? Uh, I got Chiefs-Broncos under 50.5.
2: Broncos are dog shit. Travis Kelsey might be hurt, and either way, the Chiefs haven't really been clicking, so... uh. I I never know how to end it.
1: Yeah. And back to you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Drew, wrap it up. What's your under buddy? I'm with you, Ben. I got the Titans and Ravens under 40 and a half absolute snooze fest. I'm glad it's in the international slot.
1: It'll be a nice game to wake up to, where you don't have to watch. There might be one huge chunk play. And by that, I mean like 18 yards and that'll be the extent of it.
3: (laughs) How captivating.
1: That's my boys. And that'll wrap up betting with the belly back to you, Corb.
0: I'll take it. And then I'll pass it right back. Cause I need a survivor league update from you belly.
1: What if I threw it back to you?
0: Oh, I just toss it right back. Hot potato. You go. All right. I'll, I'll take it this time.
1: All right. So for the survivor pool, I think there was 28 entries left. We are down to 25. Those sorry suckers that picked the commies like John and his cold war fantasy. They are out. Three gone, 25 remained. The rest of the bunch had the Lions and the Dolphins. The podcast collectively all had the Lions as they slaughtered the Panthers. And we're rolling right into next week. Corbin, hit us with your pick.
0: Well, I wanted to take the Dolphins last week because it was very tempting. But they have a very favorable matchup this week against a foe that is quite familiar to us. Because the Dolphins are taking on the Panthers at home. Carolina is not going to be able to keep up with the Dolphins offense and again, rookie quarterback Bryce Young, I just don't see him outscore. <coughs> Excuse me. Chicken tenders coming back up. <laughs> I don't see the Panthers outscoring the Dolphins. If you outscore your opponent, you win, so give me the Dolphins, lock it in.
1: I agree with you, Corbin. I just think Tyreek and co is just too fast. Uh, and the Panthers, Bryce Young still finding his footing, and all his points came in after the game was already out of hand. So give me the Dolphins. Drew, looks like you're riding our
3: coattails as well. I am. I, uh, Dolphins by a million.
1: Dolphins by a million. Take that in your sports book. It might be plus a million or more. Um, going on to you, John. Wrap it up. So I do think the Dolphins
2: are going to win this week for sure, but I am taking Philly. Who has never, ever lost a game to the New York football Jets. Never? They're 12-0. Oh,
1: man.
2: Oh, I hate these guys in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there yeah. better matchups yeah.
0: for Philly, though?
2: See, this is... I almost didn't even want to say this on the podcast because I didn't want Corbin to go and fucking change his pick. You can I'm not going to change
0: it.
1: You're
2: allowed to change it.
0: I'm taking the Dolphins. It's a clear pick, but I mean, the Eagles, they got to take on the Commanders in two weeks. Uh, I don't know. The the Eagles do have a tough schedule. They're going to take on John's Commanders.
1: They're
2: taking on John's commies.
0: Johnny's commies. That's
2: why I picked the Eagles because they got a little. My name's not
3: Johnny, guys.
0: Yeah, the Eagles do have a tough stretch, actually, now that I'm looking at it. They play the Giants twice in the last three weeks, then the Cardinals are in So the tough. Team. Those are the three games. Yeah. I mean, they got Cowboys, Seahawks, 49ers, Bills, Cowboys, Chiefs, Commanders, Dolphins, Jets. That's it. So they do have a tough yeah. schedule coming up.
3: Yeah.
0: I like it, John.
1: That is going to wrap up the Survivor League. Back to you, Corb.
0: All right. John. Jonathan. John Boy, take it away. How are we doing in the Fantasy Survivor League?
2: We'll take John Boy. That's not bad. Uh, last week, <laughs> Corbin had two... Uh, uh, Corbin fucked up and picked the Monday night game. <laughs> so He had Josh Jacobs. We got, You're allowed uh, to pick the Monday night game. so not oh. yeah, Do you okay, see that in the on rules? This one, we're allowed to pick the Monday no. night game.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. I don't see it in the rules, well, do you? We have no idea for two of these three guys because they broke my new rule. This is my first segment. Uh,
3: This is my only segment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We need to bring back mail time. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so Corbin had Tua, Josh Jacobs, Tyreek Hill, Cole Komet. Josh Jacobs hasn't played yet, but uh, 63.22 so far for 366.26. Last week, uh, uh, Ben had Patrick Mahomes also pick Josh Jacobs, Stefan Diggs, Travis Kelsey, and good week from Ben for 66 points so far, 331.16 with one more to go. I unfortunately had a rough week last week. I had... uh, Lamar Jackson, David Montgomery, Garrett Wilson, and Zach Ertz for 48 points, bring me up to 353.56, and I unfortunately do not have Josh Jacobs still going tonight, so uh, we'll see. How about for this week, Corbin? Feeling confident in anyone?
0: Yeah, this week I'm taking Justin Fields, taking on the Minnesota Vikings at home, Justin Fields has been looking good the past two games, and they got their first win of the season, first win in 14, 15 games, something like that. So there's going to be some bad blood between them and the Vikings. And Justin Jefferson kind of came down with an injury. i got to look into that a little bit more. But I like Fields. I like his rushing potential. Alvin Kamara is back. They're going to... Houston to take on the Texans and he caught like 14 passes or something like that in his first game back and then had 100 yards last week so he's looking good hoping they put both of those together get me some points Cooper Cup's back in action too they're taking on the Cardinals at home I think he got like 10 catches so he's just a PPR machine to get him before he gets hurt and then I'm taking Mark Andrews versus the Titans I mean he's just kind of the trusted guy on that team and tight ends are dwindling, but I like the matchup. I think that the Ravens are going to try and bounce back a bit and Mark Andrews should be a recipient of some of those, uh, those points.
1: My lineup for this week, I got Josh Allen at quarterback, Tony Pollard at running back Cooper cup at wide receiver and Mark Andrews at tight end. I'm still scraping back, even though I got three points back on core before this uh, Josh Jacobs game, but I'm gonna need to keep hustling, so I don't have to eat those dogs. Oh wait, that's the other thing. Never mind, those are my picks.
2: Uh, this week, I Corbin must have been scraping my skull because we had two of the same picks. You must so have had... a
1: feather in your cap, dude. Oh, did you put a feather in my
0: cap, Corbin? Nothing sure. wrong with that. That's a real saying.
2: <laughs> my lady, this week. I had Justin Fields at quarterback, Devon, uh, Devon, what is it? A A Chan, right? A Chan. Devon A Chan uh, versus Carolina, Cooper Cup at wide receiver versus the Cardinals, and then uh, Evan Ingram at tight end versus the Colts. I need to hopefully have a good week, but it's going to be hard to make up ground with. Two of the same players as Corbin, so hopefully your other two just shit the bed. Speaking of shit in the bed, shit comes from bowels. That's our next segment.
0: That's true, but we're locking in those picks. Hopefully, Devon A. Chain plays after that injury, that news shit that just came down today. But we're moving on to the bowels of the belly. Ben, out, what you got for us?
2: he's out, I'm switching it, obviously. I'm not getting Mark nope. Andrews week one
1: again.
0: Locked. And to you. <laughs> it's not locked,
1: you can change it. <laughs> Welcome back to Bowels of the Belly. <laughs> uh, I haven't had any trips or anything really of note. Um I do oh, have one this next weekend. weekend for you where... lately? No, no, no let me get there, motherfucker. So uh, this weekend we have a wedding to go to, so I'm sure Corbin and I will wrangle the story. There's normally a good one from the plane or whatnot. But I've just been golfing in this uh, lull of trips, and uh, all the stories are probably going to come from the golf course. This one doesn't have to do with golf so much. It's right before it. Uh, I'm warming up on the range, and I can't remember exactly what was said. Very sweet old man walks up to me, asks me my tea time. I crack a joke. I think I slip an Epford in there on accident. He just receives it very well. And then he just starts, like, saying fuck back to me. And, like, we are just kind of joking back and forth.
2: And the then I in. go
1: to... Th- yeah just opened the floodgates and uh he was the, he was the ranger or whatever he's like the guy that checks you, the marshal thank you and so um i go inside to go to the bathroom and i come back and like nobody heard this altercation between me and this other guy right so um my partner gets in the cart, and this man's like probably like 70 maybe more maybe 80 years old so we get back in the cart, and we're driving up to the t-box and he stops me and i just go how you doing you old fuck <laughs> And (laughs) And he said something about, like, uh, you're probably trying to hit off the short tees. And I made a joke, like, ah, that's as long as my dick. And then we were buddies after that. But my buddy didn't see that altercation before. And he's like, as soon as I said, yo, fuck, he looks at me like, what the fuck was that about? (laughs) (laughs) We we get past him, and he's like, dude, I couldn't believe you said that. I was like, ah, we're cool, we're cool.
0: Yeah, I know you well enough that I just wouldn't even question it. Yeah, Ben's probably just childhood friends with a guy. Oh, that's my old next-door neighbor. <laughs> Another short and sweet one, Belly. Yeah, we're going to have to get into some debauchery at this wedding so that we can get some good ones for the people here. But that was a nice one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wait, you were with me at Jake's bachelor party where uh, I was with Mart, and uh, there was this guy like telling us about the course, and he's smoking a cigarette, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, gotta get one." And uh, of course, (laughs) yep. So then he's like fumbling around for the lighter or the pack of cigarettes. He's got this big like string hanging off his beard, and he's telling a story to Mart. Mart's being all polite, and I'm like, "Sir, you got a hanger." (laughs) Just interrupt him, (laughs) and he he knew right away. Yep. And then Mark's like, dude, I was dying when you said, sir, you have a hanger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a hanger. Like, everyone knows what that is. <laughs>
1: yeah, he knew right
0: away. He's just like, oh, 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 oh shit. Thanks, man. I just speak, I speak old man. I'm the old yeah, man it's whisperer. A, it's south of the uh, Mason Dixon line lingo right there. <laughs> All right, Belly, let's end this. What do you got for me?
1: All right, Corbin, we're back to that segment where I ask you, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want it, Corbin, for Super Bowl? Bad. Yeah, come on. They could win. They <laughs> could <on, they> <laughs> okay. win the Super I Bowl. I want it. Oh, Super Bowl won. Sunday. So fucking yeah. bad. All right. So the question is Would you permanently remove your dominant ACL and it could never be repaired to give to a Lions player so that they could. Emmanuel Mosley shit.
0: And we win a Super Bowl from that.
1: Yeah, but then you just have no, you have no, you have no knee.
0: So, no, but you don't need an ACL, do you? I don't know. Tajay
2: Spears doesn't have an ACL. Yeah. I don't you know. don't need
1: an ACL. I,
0: yeah, I don't need a fucking ACL, dude. Oh, yeah. Up, man. My days I, I, don't I don't think you're, I don't think you're in
3: the physical <laughs> You're not going to cross anybody up at the local YMCA, but exactly. I mean, you don't need
0: my one. days of cutting bitches up are over, dude. <laughs> I, I
3: don't like know
0: I like first, my knees as, well as possible,
1: <laughs> dude. That means all right. So you're done skiing forever. Every time we do anything like athletic, you're not doing it. If there's a nice game of touch football out in the yard, you're not. You're the fucking coach. We make you bring your clipboard and your weird Meyer bag that you had to put on that okay. one time.
2: Making Corbin the coach is like his dream, so not even a punishment for him.
3: You don't need an ACL to go. He gets
2: to, he gets to tell people what to He's do. He's bad enough is. He needs as many knees up. as
1: he has.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously I would prefer an ACL, but what happens if, like, you can't tear an ACL, so what happens if I just get, like, fucked no, up? Your no, yours is
1: just gone. It's not torn. You just don't have one. Basically, Yeah, you so don't have what
0: happens knee. if I get hit, or if I, like, what would the injury be? Would my leg just, like... Like, push out to All the right, side, like a 90-degree angle.
1: Your leg is permanently straightened.
0: <laughs> so I just walk around you're, you're, like a pirate?
1: That's
2: better. You, you walk around <laughs> looking a like a better.
0: jackass. Dude, I would just get a Come sick on, peg, peg ball, leg. And
1: John would be calling you hip.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I'd do it. Come on, peg boy. That's not that bad. Dude, I would have a sick roundhouse kick on the plus side. No,
1: you wouldn't. The, the yeah, wind-up would be the slowest thing ever. You know when you kick off of one foot? Do you know what you push off? That same foot. I would use that one to kick. Yeah, imagine
2: <laughs> you're in one of those casts that has your knees straightened out, but forever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could stretch it out a little bit. Yeah, I would fucking suck, but at the same time to win I a could Super stretch Bowl, it. Yeah, you would be really fucking flexible. I could
1: stretch it out. You val- You value a Super Bowl over your general health.
0: It's not my general health. It's not like I'm getting a disease. You, you
1: think you're it's burning like... off
0: a bunch of calories with that leg? No, but I have a pretty Boom, good metabolism. too. I don't like running oh, yeah. anyways. It would be a blessing in disguise.
3: Norman's yeah. going to get stuck just using the, uh, the hand bicycle at the gym.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get the hand bike. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's like waiting
2: for the 85 year old lady to get off it. hey
1: hey hey how much long are you gonna be yeah, i've been here since <laughs> six honey
2: <laughs> can i work in
1: she's got her yeah, bingo arms one. just flapping and you're just catching a breeze off those
0: bingo i'd just be really good at standing you know like i would ha- just have like permanent lock legs I don't know. There's got to be some advantages. I can't think of it now, but there's got to be. It's not all bad. Just think about it. Like, I would have a nice excuse to just kick my feet out on the couch and relax. I wouldn't be able to sit with like bent knees.
1: This, this segment is just for you to tote your willpower. So, spin it whatever way you want.
0: Well, let's see how hard it is to walk with just a straight leg.
3: <laughs> it's harder than that. I say. You can walk with
0: straight legs so easy. It's not even a big deal
1: right,
0: I can so, run like this. Now lock
1: your... <laughs> <laughs> All right, now lock your leg and get up that way.
0: I am locking my leg.
1: No, no, no. Go sit on the yeah. couch and lock your leg straight out, and I want to see you rise. Oh, Ben, watch that hand.
3: Oh, that knee's bending.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's no fucking way. I thought it
3: was only one leg that was uh, locked. That's true. That, it's only one leg,
0: but that is tougher to stand up. But once I'm up, I'm up.
3: Well, what about when I'm you go back
0: down? After, a little winded after that <laughs> straight leg run. Not gonna lie. I need to get back to the gym. This, need another weight loss guy with great metabolism.
1: You know?
3: <laughs> yeah. So what? I need it, one too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's get one going. I just have I have no willpower unless I'm just beating people at something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. All right, wrap this shit up. (laughs) All right, sounds good. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks again for listening, tuning in. It was a great episode, a great win. We'll be back next week. Please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any other platform you listen to us on. Don't forget to leave us a review. Give us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at LikeKorabayashi. We also have the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going. Feel free to reach out to us directly if you have any cool ideas or segments that you'd like to hear on the podcast. And please continue to spread the good word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and anyone and everyone you can think about. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, thanks
1: for coming on. Thank you, Drew, and our favorite guest in the world, Jonathan. Jonathan. <laughs> that's a good time, boys. Jonathan, the Jonathan. guest. I will <laughs> again, and he's telling we'll us that. We'll murder all of you. Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. Drew, you're safe. And Drew?
2: Ben and Corbin. Thanks if for coming If they show out. up dead tomorrow. Thanks, boys. It was me.
1: Well, while you're um, at it, if you could just if you could just take Corbin's knee out for us.
2: <laughs> Don't kill him right away. Let him hobble
1: <laughs> yeah. around for a little I'm gonna bit. I'm
2: going to Tanya or, or uh, Nancy Kerrigan you. Yeah.
0: Oh, pipe down.
1: John. I mean, you could have went with Tanya. Same thing. Down, I'm gonna use a pipe to hit your knee. Boom! Done. No knee, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm super great at going upstairs now, guys. I figured it out. I'm the <laughs> fastest one at going upstairs." Oh, um, I up. really
2: would have liked to watch you go up those stairs.
0: Well, I could figure it out. Oh
1: yeah, because I'm I can do anything for a Lions Super Bowl. <laughs> I would. All right, then eat the fucking chicken.
0: And with that said. Oh, yeah.